mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, every fucking buddy wow why are you talking to our sensitive ears very precious listeners like that oh i was thought you're calling yourself sensitive i am we are both i mean that's okay i can't even say it sarcastically because i am so sensitive about something i thought you're an actress oh i 
I am. <laughs> and if you watch Love Island, I could give you the actress. You are an actress. Oh. I tried to send Melissa a clip of UK Love Island and she was like, I don't understand a single fucking word these people are saying. Didn't get it. I I understood suck on. I licked her tit or whatever. Yeah, whatever they said. I got that, but I didn't understand anything else. I was like, I'm so lost. One day, no. if you get like, hold on. If you get like, you're granted, like you, you get that apartment you want. It's not technically an apartment, but I don't know what to call it without it's outing a, you and your. We can call it a condo. A condo. You get that condo you want, mm-hmm. and like a genie, it comes with a genie who grants you a wish to be like, time will stop, and you can you can watch every television show that you've ever wanted to watch. I just want it to be somewhere on your list. But like, who said I ever wanted to watch that show? I want it. <laughs> I want you to watch the show. I'm so behind on all my housewives, so. Yeah, you have, like, you watch more TV than, like, me, and I also understand that to anybody who's not, like, a a Love Island fan, like, the idea that, like, this is a show that is on every day. But the thing is, I watch my soap operas every day. So that's the thing. It's like, I don't, I just don't have time in the rotation. Okay, that's fine. Because I watch two soap operas every day hour long yeah so you're like it's not that i understand the concept it's like i'm familiar but my schedule is packed because i've understood this concept and sleep ish sleep ish and she um, went to bed at 4 a.m no i woke up at 4 a.m i I went to sleep at 10 (laughs) p.m but we have decided though that apparently you on four hours of sleep is like even with me and like my brain so like i feel extra connected today okay Okay. I don't want this for you to continue. Like, I want you to sleep more. I just want to be able, like, my my eyes aren't completely open, and I just want it to be able to have them open without feeling tension in my orbital area. I didn't even know that's how I was feeling, but that is how I, like, I am keeping my eyes open Mm -hmm. like i it's a conscious effort that i'm like if i blink too i can't let myself blink too long no don't do it i will just like slowly follow Um, yeah i'm trying not to i was more entertained by the fact that you just tried to move your bangs out of your eyes but they weren't there to begin with yeah i don't know what i was feeling (laughs) i have so many problems You have no idea. I think I do. Yeah, you actually do. You're very familiar. Anyways, welcome to the podcast. This is Don't Blame Me, a wonderful, fantastic, life-changing podcast starring two people who give wonderful, life-changing, amazing advice. And you might be wondering, Melissa, how are we qualified to give such great advice? (laughs) Move fast it. Okay, I know. It sounded a little bit like I was going to accidentally say the end of the other podcast. No, but the thing is, when you didn't say the other, I thought it was wrong. So, Oh, you're like... (laughs) Yeah. So it was like a double... Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Watch the video version so you can just understand (laughs) what's happening. Patreon. So wait, so why are we qualified to give advice? Because what we lack in credentials, we make up in opinions. Yeah. Uh, I, you you usually say the first part. You're and right. I you're right. I was like, so what are you lacking? You're, this yeah. is, I'm messing up our zone. No, no, no. It's fine. We're here together. <laughs> We're in this We see together. each other. We see each other. What is that from? Real Housewives of Atlanta. Why do I know these like because fucking phrases? They're iconic. Was it Nini? It was Nini and... Ke- well, I forgot which one it was. If it, I was on my... 
bullshit. If I was on, on on more sleep than I could, I think it was Nini say said I see you, and then Candy said we see each other. So is it safe to say that like I Nini is one of the only housewives I can name, and like of all of the quotes that I know, vast majority end up being Nini. Is Nini the most quotable? Oh, okay, yeah. Are they the most quotable like in the culture? Yeah, Nini by far of yeah. any franchise okay. I believe is number one. But her and Candy never really got a, like they didn't dislike each other. Uh-huh. Was that who she, never, the white refrigerator comment was? That? No, 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 that was Kenya, and they ended up very much not liking each other. But Nini would say things, and then Candy had like good retorts mm-hmm. to them. Quick, yeah. I, I mean, I, I like all the, all the, all the audios on TikTok. Like she sounds funny, and the fact that she was on Glee it just like makes my brain melt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Similar yeah. to uh, Jane, Jane Lynch on Glee. And they played very similar characters. Oh, they they were rivals. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes when I think of Glee, I wonder if Ryan Murphy ever watched Dance Moms and Probably. he wanted to make Jane Lynch like Abby Lee Miller. And then all of the competition was like the the cherry. What were they called? I've never seen Dance Moms. If it you've... feels racist to me. I don't know why, but it just it just uh, oh, feels wait. racist. Oh, so yeah. I was like, oh, 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 it is. Okay. First of all, Miss Holly is like the I- icon, like absolute icon. She is like she's I think. I want to say, it, but she's the only black woman on like only what like all the rest I didn't of even the know kids. there was a black person on there. She's the one. And she's also like a like a literally like a fucking doctor and a lawyer and is like the smartest woman in the room and the quickest one. And just like the absolute goat, like she carried the actual like moral, like morality of that show on her shoulders. And she was surrounded by the the most wild people mm-hmm. the most wild people um but yeah no you're not wrong on picking up racist undertones from that show when i think of that show the only thing that comes to mind is not even like i guess there's children dancing on it but is her in the when she's in the scooter and, and she just <laughs> she fucking <laughs> yeah. reverses out that's the only thing i know from that show yeah i i do wonder if they took a little bit of glee from probably dance moms it's it's truly a show about children being bullied and then their moms fighting. Okay. It's I would hate it. Yeah, Jojo that's where Jojo Siwa came from. Oh. Is her mom like that? Um I don't remember. I didn't like watch it in depth. I was always more of like a I really liked ho- I liked the parents. Like I liked Holly and the kids were cute. I would like watch the dances. But I was also like a kid kid, you know? They're not because I'm pretty sure. I mean, they're younger than me, but they're not like that much. Okay, some of them are like a lot younger than me. But some of the older ones. Aren't you like 10 years older than Jojo Siwa? Yeah, that's what came in my head. I was uh-huh. like, okay. But I have, I've told you the story about how Abby Lee Miller stopped me and told me I was beautiful. And if you've ever wanted a compliment more, like a compliment from a reality tele- TV show villain actually like means a lot. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who, if you could have any, like, celebrity, not, like, someone, like, not a fuckable person, but, like, in, like, a, oh, wow, someone giving you a compliment, would it be, like, a reality show hero or villain? And who would it be? Nini already gave me a compliment, so. What did she say? She said, she actually gave me three compliments. She said, oh, you pretty. (gasps) She said, you better direct. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Just like. She said I was pretty. <laughs> and then we get a direct quote. Did she say that when you were just like... I was calling like action. And stuff I'm obsessed for, with that. Yeah. That is... 
That's the encouragement yeah. that you need. Mm-hmm. You need to be hired as your personal hype over on sets. It was three, but I don't remember what the third. She was very nice. Yeah, you. I remember you told me that. Like, so she was like an hour and a half late, but very nice. <laughs> hey, divas. Yeah. That's what they do. She was like, I was at the taco place down the street. I think I'm going to buy it. I was like, okay, Nene. Wow. She I did. love that. Didn't follow through on your word, Nene. No. <laughs> Wait, that's so you better direct. Mm-hmm. I will. You know what? I probably have it on. Oh my god! No, because I, I you'll cut, and she would have said it after it. Because imagine, like, if you were able, like, I feel like you'd have to license it from her. But like, you know how, like, they have, um, like the Mike Sure production, or they have like all that stuff, and they always mm. like a little audio. If yours was like your production company, you better direct. Like <laughs> that would it'd be like, is that me? Because isn't it like? What's that guy's uh Nick Offerman? He does the voice for like Frimulon. Oh, does, is it? Yeah. That makes and like sense. that could have been Nini. Yeah. You can I'll just have hire to go her. back and look on the tape. She can act though, so she can redo it. But it's something that's, you know, when it's in the moment. Well, that oh it's my god. Real. I wish there was like a just a camera on you too for like your reaction it was to that. One of the greatest days of I'm my life. I'm sure. Wow. That was I'm really glad I asked that question because that was like a bet a way better answer than mm-hmm. I could have anticipated. Lisa Vanderpump has also. That's what I thought so you were going to say. Like, but I've already. She's that's what done I meant. It too. Yeah. Like, so it's like I don't. I've already had it fulfilled. She's accomplished <laughs> all of her hopes and dreams. Everybody. She's always been problematic, but Bethany Frankel has done some just like. Did you see she got like the Icon Award for MTV or something? Reality Icon Award. No. And you know that song. I mean that song. That sound on TikTok. Bad bitch. It's a genre. You know that. Oh sound. yeah. Well, she got up and like said it in her speech Ugh. and didn't give credit oh. to that woman. And isn't that one of the ones that's trademarked that? I don't know, but I know she didn't give credit to that woman. Yikes. And A bunch of TikTokers were, like, have, been, have been trademarked as they should. They're like catchphrases, yeah. audios and that stuff because they can't you can't do it through like TikTok. It doesn't protect you. So mm-hmm. people have been doing it. I'm pretty sure the are you not embarrassed? Uh, that's some, I'm pretty sure she trademarked a couple mm. of hers. That would make sense. I but... think because then someone tried to use one in like an ad or something. Mm. So yeah, she used it in her speech, and then people were like, "Cause she's on TikTok like all day." Yeah, it's weird. Like all, I don't follow her at all. She just shows up she's... constantly. She's doing like affordable makeup routines, and yeah. I'm like, I and she, her whole thing is like, I'm rich, so you should trust me when I tell you this affordable product is good. And I'm like, no, I. I don't know. You're really aggressive and you named your entire brand off of being skinny. So, like, right. I don't actually trust anything you do. Right. And so she's just, she just doesn't give credit to people when she takes things from them. And so I'm just, at this point, I'm just like, I did love you, but mm-hmm. I don't. Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. Right. If only that was the one that she really aligned herself with. She's not that self aware, though. Because that is. No, what... she is, though. You think, That's yeah. The, the, yeah. Like, that um... woman is like smart, smart. Okay. Like, brilliant. She makes a lot of money. She, and she gives away a lot of money, too. Yeah, she just, she's got her like, plane that she does stuff with. Yeah, but. and she she does great. She does a lot of great things, but does a lot of terrible things. And I think she thinks that it balances each other out, and it doesn't. No, I think there are very few things that, that like, I don't think I be- I don't think I believe in heaven. I believe in the good place and the bad place and the medium place. But in high school, me and Sydney used to joke that it was like, there is like if it's like a tally system there are certain things if you do this one thing then you basically like as long as you don't 
royally fuck up the rest of everything in your life. Like if you save someone's life, automatic good place, unless you take someone else's life. But what if it was like you save somebody bad's life? Okay, so we were like 16. So okay. we really didn't think through okay. all of this. But we would talk about it in like the, the sense of like people who were like absolute bitches at school, obviously not like level Bethany Frankel, but then would like try and be so nice. And I'm like, no, these little weight, these are not weighted the same way. Mm-hmm. You're not you think that you're you think that you're compensating for like you being like a horrible person by doing these nice things. But I'm like, no, they wait, they're different weights, different mm-hmm. weights here. You have to save someone's life if you want, like, like the, a guaranteed like pre-test. Exactly the good place. Worked. Did we write the good place when <laughs> we were like 16? Ayo. All right. So after all of that gossip catching up, uh, we should probably explain the podcast. It's an advice podcast. You call in, you leave us voicemails, and we give you wonderful, amazing advice. We give the advice that we would like to see in the world. We are not the friends that you call when you just want to be like, yes, everything you're doing is great. We're not yes people. Unless we want to be yes people and we feel like that. We give you like the tough love advice that, you know, you might not want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. Let us know if you're sensitive before when you call in. And if you want to call in for an upcoming episode, you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. International listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. You have to keep it under three minutes for both. That's three minutes from the time that you start talking, not like your phone timer that Melissa pointed out a couple of episodes ago. So like, don't look at your phone timer from like the time that it you call in or have you been on. It. Yeah. When it goes beep, subtract it. That's when you have three minutes from. And the best way to give the call is to write everything down, practice it, time it out a couple times to make sure you're under three minutes. Let us know your age, if it's about other people in the story, their ages, your pronouns, their pronouns, if you would like, and any fake names is all anonymous. But we want to know how old you are, if it's about relationships, how long you've been together, just as many details as possible that will influence us giving like the best advice. And you have to be 18 or over, have your parents' permission. And you will be cut off if you don't if you don't do three minutes. Yep. Financially, mm-hmm. we will come into your house and rob you. Wow, maybe we should up the stakes. I don't think we're good. Okay. So can we get the update now? Yep. So I was the maid of honor that was peed on. And I'm calling in for hopefully the final update. Uh, last time I called in, I answered some questions uh, in regards to The Bachelorette. And then I also kind of went through the last few texts I received from the bride and some awful things that her and her fiance were saying. And so last weekend, so this was like a couple days ago, was their wedding. (gasps) And three days before that, three days, I got a text from her. And the last text I had received from her was April 15th. So we really have not talked since this whole debacle. And she texted me and was like, hi, I've been thinking so much about, or sorry, hi, I've been thinking about you a lot recently and me and blank. So her and her husband would still love for you and your boyfriend to attend the wedding. Let me know. What? You're kidding. Yeah. So now I was livid because I, listen, I struggle with trying to you know, be like, well, why didn't she do this? When I have to realize like, hey, not everybody would make the same decisions as you or reach out like you, but I don't understand why she wouldn't ask me out for lunch or ask me for to go have a glass of wine with her or FaceTime or call me. She literally sent me the most like disingenuous text I think could ever exist. 
Wow. Wow. So I texted her back. And we have a mutual friends bachelorette coming up. Of course, here's another one. Oh, no. Get your own room. It's like, yeah. yeah, And it's like a lake day. Like, we're literally just like going and sitting in the lake. She can pee in the lake. Like, like, if it gets on you by proxy, it it is what it is. Yeah. In her bathing suit, no one will know. So I texted her and I was like, hi, I'm very much at peace that we have gone our separate ways you know, with, I'll call her like Susie's bachelorette coming up. I really hope that we won't discuss this any further and we can move on. That was mature. And she didn't answer me. (sighs) And so therefore I just find like, it was so disingenuous. Yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I was like, I feel like the only reason you wanted me there, I don't know what it's like again in the States, but in Canada, you have to bring presentation. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, honestly, it's to the point where I wouldn't even put a pastor. She's like, well, if they come, they'll bring presentation. Is that money? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're supposed to bring like up to like $300 in cash. Yeah. So maybe that's like how they budgeted for their wedding is they like allotted for the amount of people they were inviting to like offset their own cost. And I understand that might be a stretch, but honestly, like knowing her, I wouldn't put it past her. And then Susie actually reached out to her too and was like, hey, my bachelorette's coming up. I don't want this fusing over like this. It needs to be done. Like, I don't want you communicating with me. So with her at my bachelorette and causing a scene. And she responded to Susie and was like, me and her had a conversation or already had a discussion. So I said to Susie, I'm like, if you consider a discussion, (laughs) her not answering my text, okay. Wow. Wow. I mean, I don't think you're off base at all for like thinking that. I mean, I think that's really disingenuous. Like I, I, to Mm -hmm. me, that just seems like, yeah, either in my head, I didn't, I don't remember about the money thing. So like that, but then also like when someone will be like uh, an obvious presence that is missed, then like everyone hears about the drama, then like everyone talks about it. So like I went to a wedding where a couple was like miraculously not there. And it was like a very obvious thing of being like, wait, why aren't these people here? And then like Mm -hmm. a good solid chunk of the dinner was like all of us talking about the drama that went down, which like not everybody knew, but then suddenly Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, now we're all talking about it. And like, it becomes like gossip in that sense that like, I could also see that being a part of it that like, they would rather like, if you're there, then it just can be like, if we act like this is like absolutely no big deal. And like, this wasn't like a whole ordeal. And this wasn't a whole thing, we can brush it under the rug. And then maybe she won't tell people and like, it won't be as embarrassing for us. And we won't have to like, actually admit and own up to like the absolute monstrosity of her. Well, and also I'm like, you want me to go to an event where you've shit talked me for the past like four months and I'm supposed to be like comfortable with that? Yeah, no, no. I'm like, and give her money. Yeah. Well, and it's also, I feel like, like I'm damned if I go and I'm damned if I don't go because, Mm -hmm. you know, then she can have the response of like, well, I invited her and she still didn't come. And it's like, at this point though, I don't care. Like, I'm like, I just have to like, respect myself enough to be like I'm not going yeah she peed on you she peed on you yeah she peed on me and then her fiance went off on Mm -hmm. me and like literally told the entire everybody who could possibly be at the wedding and like what I just think the audacity of of them to think that they can talk shit on you when like you have the biggest dirt on her in the world yeah that's what I said I said I bet nobody knows that you urinated on me (laughs) probably not 
Honestly, probably not. Why no, would probably you say that. Yeah, but like if I peed on someone, whether it was accidental or like specifically out of malice, like my entire rest of my life would just be about like being so kind to that person in hopes yeah. that they wouldn't tell the world. Yeah. Yeah. And like, no, and like, let me clarify. She hasn't reached out, hasn't apologized, hasn't asked like, hey, do you want to get together for lunch? Or like, hey, could we have a phone call tonight? Like, I wanted to chat with you. Like, I feel like that would be more genuine. Mm hmm. Then like, hey, let me know if you're coming to my wedding. It would show like remorse versus just mm -hmm. like, it, she's not acknowledging it. And like by not acknowledging no. it, then there's no apology. And then there is no like recognizing like I did this horrible thing. And like, you can't move on if you're not even yeah. gonna acknowledge it, it happened. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I don't think this will be the last update because you still have this I other. I see her in like 10 days. Yep. How long is this bachelorette party? It's literally just the day. So it's like we <gasps> get there at noon and everyone please leave by nine type of thing. Maybe she needs like her own like bucket to pee in that like they're gonna be I in know. the water. I know, but you like write her name on it that like everybody <laughs> can use this bathroom except for you. Here is your bucket to pee in. Here, bridezilla right here. Yeah. The other bride over here. Oh my God. gosh. That's so does so. the other bride know the story? Yeah, and she's actually well, it was funny. We used to be like the trio like really close oh gosh and so now we're not and I'm I'm a little like I don't know I'm just being selfish I'm a little sassy that Susie is still inviting her to yeah. these things but she was like you know she's like I'm just trying to stay out of it it doesn't involve me which like as much as I appreciate I'm like that's just you like tolerating the behavior mm -hmm. yep so I'm just gonna go in with an open mind and, you know, just prepare myself, though, if I need to throw a little fire out. Do you know, it. In case, just mm -hmm. be prepared. Yeah. But for the most part, I'm going to try my best to just avoid. No, that's a good call. Good. I would be how mad, many, too. How many people are going? There's like 20 people. Okay. Oh, okay. So pretty easy to yeah. avoid. Pretty yeah. easy to avoid. But I would be annoyed with the the, the current bride, mm -hmm. uh, Susie, too. Like, I'm one people yeah. are like, well, no, they person's never done anything to me. Oh, until one day that they pee on you. And right. then here I'm going to yeah. be like, I told you so. Like, I yeah. hate that shit. Like, my thing of like, my friend hates someone and I don't know them or I don't hate them. I'm like, why do we hate them? Mm -hmm. Like, tell yeah. me why we hate them. Not like, well, they've never done that to me. I'm just like, no, mm -hmm. no, no, no. I have no loyalty to I that mean person. Randomly, Megan <laughs> reposted somebody oh. on, <laughs> on TikTok that I have a personal, very petty beef with, and but she didn't know. She didn't, no, you probably didn't even know that we knew yeah, each other. No clue. She was on the TikTok. <laughs> just lady on the TikTok. Yeah, and I told I was like I won't be explaining why. Yeah, and then Megan said, "Can I un?" Yeah, uh, I was like, "How do I unrepost?" Like that on was TikTok? her immediate response. Yeah, which is fine. <laughs> my my beef is very petty, and it's all on me. And, I support it though, yeah, but I don't even know what it is, yeah. and I support it. Yeah, I'm but I'm saying like that's that's what should happen. Yeah, yeah, that's a good friend. And I said, I said, well, not she's not doing anything to you until she shows up wasted or something ridiculous at your bachelorette and tries to like ruin the day by like stirring the pot. Yeah, but. I don't know. We'll find out. <sighs> I'll write into the Instagram page if anything wild happens. <laughs> yeah. Please do. I was just about to ask that. <laughs> I hope it's like fun. I hope it's not like yeah. too stressful. And I hope that there's like some other people there that you can like bond with and hang out with and you have yeah. a good time. And it's not obviously I hope you're able to avoid her, but I also hope you're like also able to like have fun too and yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. And I agree. Oh, uh, please keep us updated if anything. You happens. know it. <laughs> yeah.
We appreciate it so much. You are a legend and an icon. Yes. Oh, so are you ladies. Couldn't do without you. <laughs> Thank you for taking time out of your work day twice now. Yeah. Of course. Anytime. Number one champ. Number one fucking yeah. champ. Well, we look forward to uh, hearing from you and we hope you have a good time involving no urination except for your own. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. Cool. Thank you. An iconic mm-hmm. caller. Yeah. I think this is going to go down in the history. I'm going to write who who writes the history books? McCormick or do they do the spices? <laughs> they do spices. Oh, damn it. Who it's does the, the I history don't know. books? Those, the, the, the textbooks. From books. like text. Oh, um. Doesn't start with an M? McMillan? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Hold on. Whoever does those textbooks, I'm going to write to them and be like, we need this. Or maybe she needs like a special moment of appreciation on Canada Day. I need to write <laughs> them and be like, hi, I need you to recognize this. She deserves her own international day. And she you know really how does. I feel about those days. McGraw. McGraw. Dash Hill. Wait. McGraw so Hill. Faith Hill and, and Kim McGraw. <laughs> <laughs> they do this. Wait, who, which McGraw did you say? I said Tim McGraw. Oh, oh, that makes more sense. I was who saying you Phil McGraw, Doctor Phil. It would make more sense for Faith Hill and Tim McGraw as a duo. Imagine it is them. <laughs> That's how they've gotten their fortune. Oh gosh. Anyway, anyway. let's take a break. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time and I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, 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 a secondary of my package and I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like you know medically need some electrolytes but also if you're working out if you're sweating hot summer day you're going to an amusement park you're on your feet for a long period of time all of that um most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need yeah i drink mine specifically when i am working out it's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss, the vanilla cream, the caramel sundae. I have all three of those flavors. Sometimes I mix and match them. Sometimes I'll use it when I'm baking or I'll just drink it straight. And it is, they're so good. They have a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that makes it so delicious. You can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code blame me right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices 
but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress. And as well, there are reading challenges and rewards. And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, wait, this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. And we're, we're back. back. <laughs> We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. This is a shameless time before we get into the calls to remind you join our Patreon. We do live streams there twice a month. So fun. $5. And you can, I don't want to make it sound like $5 and you can hang out with us, but like $5 and you can have a socially distanced way to like socialize and make friends with people all across the world. Join their secret text messages. Yeah. Changed. They have a whole like text message thing and like, that we have some people who are like really fantastic singers who like everyone they like find out when everyone's birthday is and they like will send messages and like plan like virtually things for like oh this is so-and-so's birthday and then this and meetups in london yeah they hang out with each other and like we are like truly just there there and everybody is like so close and it's so sweet it's really fun so if you want to join it also helps us support the show and inadvertently or inadvertently invert inadvertently 
In, uh, intentionally. Intentionally. Yeah, it helps us support our other show, but am I wrong? Um, but if $5 a month is too much for you, we also have a dollar a month and you can watch the video version. Or if you have incredibly deep pockets. Not just that, but we have more oh, tears coming. Forgot. Baby oh, yeah. girl. We do have some more tears coming. And look, you're hearing it. Hopefully you didn't skip over this part. Yeah, we have some more tears coming. We have some more exciting things to announce on launch on the Patreon. And as always, if you have deeper pockets, if you are related to like a corrupt politician or you got a trust fund from, I don't know, you you inherited some money from, you inherited some blood money and you're trying to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. This is an ethical way to dump it. Yes. You can add, you can change the price tier to however much you want. You want to donate $10 a month. Go for it. Pledge however much you want. We will not tell you no. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to stop you. Should we get into the calls? We should. We should. Also, you should watch the video because Melissa looks so hot today. I don't, they, all they see is my computer. Okay, well, can they see the... Yeah. Look at those titties in that necklace. I've realized how much I like my titties lately. You have great tits. And they've just been... I don't know what it is. I think after I got off the birth control, things have just felt like they've been falling back in place the way they should yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's so, true. And so, like, I'm I'm getting back into... Well, also, if you have your... If you're out. getting your, your cycle back again, you probably are noticing the shift in your boobs, like, size mm-hmm. in that yep. stuff. And you're like, I remember this. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. You have both tits and an ass. Well, I tits didn't come until thirties. I didn't used oh, to not so have I, titties. I have you have I have, you have, I have some hope. Yeah. I actually have like nice titties. They're like not that small. They're like small, but they're like they're there. Yeah. They've evened out. <laughs> one one of these is not like the other. Mm-hmm. Anyways. On to the call. Let's do it. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I have a work situation. I don't know if you guys can help, um, but here's hoping. I am a toddler teacher at a daycare, and I just got a new co-teacher about a month ago. I have tried so hard to get along with her. I'm at my wit's end. She acts like she's in charge, even though she is literally my assistant. It's my classroom. She is my assistant. She has sent messages to parents asking them to bring in things for special art projects without my knowledge. So I look like a complete buffoon when parents are at pickup or drop-off and they are asking when they need such and such, like a t-shirt, for example, when they need to bring that in by. And I have no idea what they're talking about. It makes me look like I don't know what's going on in my own room. She says that she's certified. But, quote, her last job lost her certification, which to me sounds like she lied because you can definitely access it on the state website. But I digress with that. She also has asked a child in my class, reminder, we work with toddlers. This child is not even two yet. And she has asked her if they could have a sleepover. Oh, and it's not just any kid. It's the director's kid my boss's kid, which to me and everyone else who knows about that situation, it is a huge fucking red flag. She's constantly bringing in new toys, like literally every day. Once in a while, it's fine. But every single day, it feels like she's trying to buy the kids affection. And nothing is ever her fault. Today, she didn't put diapers into the parenting app, 
while I was on my break. My director knew that I was on my break when it happened. So she asked me to ask my co-teacher to put them in. And she rolled her eyes and said, it's really not that big of a deal. I have spoken to my director, my assistant director, and they are, quote unquote, looking into everything. But I am literally minutes away from losing my mind with her. What do I do? What do you do when you're stuck in a room with one adult and nine toddlers and you don't like that adult? Please help. I'm losing my mind. Thank you so much. I love the podcast. I would hate this. I would hate this too. She sounds creepy. But I think it's going to fix itself. Yeah. I mean, if I like, like I went to like a very hands-on parents involved, like multiple teacher aides, like really small elementary school and things like that. And I was also not a child who was sheltered from adult conversations about like the interworkings of things. And if I've like learned anything from that, it's like, and obviously like you, you know more because you're in this space professionally, that there are so many like protocols and like lanes to kind of go through for like this shit that, yeah, there's like a lot of like ethical things that like people need to adhere by, especially when it comes to like employment. So then people, because I don't know if you're at an at-will state, like of, isn't that what an at-will when you can like work, you can be fired for, you know what I mean? But so there's a, like a lot of like stipulations with that, that then you have as an employee, you have mm-hmm. a lot more grounds to sue on. Mm-hmm. And so I could definitely think that like, I don't think they're lying about like looking into everything, but if it's a daycare, most daycares aren't funded by, I mean, you might be fun- government funded, but I was going to say, but so if it's not government funded and it's like privately funded and that stuff, then I mean, I don't actually, right. I don't think it'll take less time because Mm -hmm. of that, but yeah, it'll, when they're, they say they're looking into it, they're actually looking into it. Like Megan said, there's certain steps and things she's going to have to mess up a few times before they can actually really do something about it. So I, for you, I would keep a, a, um, tally or even just notes about everything that she's doing that is undermining you or not in her job description so like have a piece little maybe notes app on your phone or a little piece of paper where you write down on whatever the date is what time it is and what she did and just keep this as a running tab and if like in a month this isn't resolved give it to your director especially the thing about a sleepover with the director's child. I hope they know. Yeah, I hope they. I hope you told them. But give all that to the director and say, "Look, this has been happening. Please do something about it." Because th- if you don't document it, there's not much that can be done. Yeah, I would honestly like, and maybe this is bad advice, but she's clearly like, I agree with you that like bringing in the like she's intentionally undermining you, and she's like bringing in the toys like by their affect by their affection, and all of this stuff is feels like very intentional. So I would also, (laughs) in my petty ass, I would go out of my way to intentionally annoy her as like the consequence or result of that. So it's like, oh, if you're doing this, I would talk to the director and be like, 
this has been like really hard. And like, I don't want this to affect like my presence when I'm around the kids. I don't want this like this tension that's here between us. I think that's something that might be helpful is if every week we could have a meeting all of us together to go over what went right this week and what went wrong this week and how we can improve Mm -hmm. and kind of just like annoying her with the more like nitty gritty teacher, like meaning stuff, annoying things like that, where it's like not just you and her, but it's like, I'm going to bring the director in and then like showing the director, like, this is probably not something you want to have on not saying this to them. But like, this is probably not something you want to have on your calendar every single week. Like this is probably very annoying to you. So like, let's speed up this process. And so I think that because I agree, like keeping like a documented list of like the times and the dates that everything happens. But the best way and I think about this in arguments, in any relationship, it's always better to bring things up in a smaller time frame with like less things in the sense that like, that I think can drive the point home. And it's not like, well, I don't even remember that. It's like, well, let's talk about it. Let's unpack what happened here. And like, what's going on in this sense? Because maybe she's like, this is always my fear in these things. Maybe she's a nepotism hire. Maybe she's someone's like, like she's knows someone else. And that's how she got this job here. And it's like, you need to get her out. That's the goal ultimately. But is there a way that she can be less annoying and less terrible in the day to day of that time? And would that maybe happen if she knows that there's a meeting every single week with you and the director there to kind of give the evidence show what's happening. And like, if you would think that if she's going to try and keep her job, she would want to show improvement over that time, which I don't think that they're going to necessarily keep her around. But I think that'll help your sanity and also make the environment less hostile and frustrating because she'll actually hopefully maybe be trying and she's not trying at all I think it'll speed up the process yeah also I don't know what the licensure is for oh yeah for a um preschool teacher but for most things that are state it's like public information. So usually you can go to like, if, if you want to see if you're like hairstylist is licensed, mm-hmm. you can go to a website and look. So is that depending on where you are and what the information is, can you just look it up yourself? Is that public information? Yeah. Cause if you can, if you want her out real quick and you don't think that she's licensed, that might be the fastest way. Yeah. You need like a friend to pose as like a mom at the school and like talk to the director and be like, oh, are all the teachers licensed? Like, oh, I blah, blah, blah. I like looked it up and something. So like not don't actually have someone fake to be a teacher, be a parent there. But yeah, I do also wonder how much your director knows of all of this, because I think sometimes we can feel like, oh, it's just a hunch. I don't know. I don't want to look kind of like stupid. I don't want to look like I'm like crying wolf and like she actually is certified. But I think that, you know, these have been so many red flags over and over and over again that I think like your director should know absolutely everything. And especially the thing about like, hey, it's felt a little suspicious to me. And like, you can totally tell me like buzz off. But I was curious, a lot of the stuff that like how she presents in the classroom aren't things that I have like learned in my teaching and has not been my experience. And it feels like a lot of fundamental things that are really against what we learned through our certification. And I had brought up her certification to her and she mentioned that her old school lost it. And I don't know if it's just me being paranoid, but I'm like really wanting to make sure that we're and to turn it in the sense of like, I really want to make sure we are protected if something were to happen and a parent presses charges against it, that like we would be 
individually protected, but then also you as like this organization in this school would be protected because they wouldn't be if they hired an unlicensed teacher and kind of use it in that sense that like looking out for like <laughs> the team, which I hate the term team when it comes to like employment stuff, but in the looking out for the team in that and but it's also looking out for the children yeah but like in this to, to appeal to whatever the 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 director whoever is like the in charge here both sides of that like the emotional side of it and then also the fiscal side of like just suggesting you look into that because i think you're right if that is something that they find out that is like an immediate because it's a huge liability yeah i just i just was saying if you could look it up in california and you can so, you can yeah it's on oh then you probably should in then, other places because yep. california's they seal documents uh-huh. like no other so check out your education site for your state you can anonymously send that to your director mm-hmm. as well if you don't want it to be coming from you specifically mm-hmm. or i think you can actually just Report, report it directly to the state and they don't even have to know like sag mm-hmm. wow but i just want to commend you for your patience for this because this would also drive me up a wall and this i'm sure is like so 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 frustrating because nine toddlers and what it feels like you need that second adult and that adult is not doing what needs to be done and is making your job harder yep okay Hi, Melissa and Megan. I'm calling today about questions I have regarding my job and the workforce. Simply put, I'm not sure I'm feeling any passion behind my work anymore. I work at a nonprofit that is based around violence prevention and intervention. More specifically, I work in the violence against women sector, but my job is mainly administrative. And that's okay, I guess. I graduated from college less than six months ago, and while I did have some experience in this realm, it was experience that took place during college. I don't feel burnt out by the subject matter of my work. I don't work in the front lines of violence against women prevention, but more in the administrative field. I do feel burnt out by the tasks I've been assigned. I have a lot of talent and expertise that isn't being put to work, and reorganizing Google Drives and setting up meetings for other people isn't bringing passion to my life. I feel fairly confident that I could get promoted within the next four to eight months, and the role I'd be promoted to would do more substantive work. That said, working under a broken government system has me feeling jaded. How am I supposed to make meaningful change when I don't, when I have to adhere to the opinions of the national government? I kind of want to quit. I would rather go into a different field entirely, one that isn't in the social justice realm. I hate capitalism and would rather keep my activism to my personal life, where I don't have to adhere to my organization or the government's opinions. There are so many pros to my job. They furnished me with some really great equipment, including a desk and a chair. My boss and my coworkers are awesome. PTO is pretty good for a starter position. The pay is good for the field I'm in, although my boyfriend makes roughly twice as much as me and entered the workforce at about the same time. He is in a different field, though. I just don't feel like I'm built for this type of job. I want to be able to have a flexible schedule. I want to be excited to start the day every morning. I want to be paid more. I want to do a job I think is fun, not just a job that I think is important. If you were to ask me what I really want to do, I'd say be a stay-at-home mom, even though I don't have kids, grow my own food, be a travel agent, be an event planner, or own a bookstore. I know that this is a wide range of jobs, but I think some things they have in common is that they play to my interests 
have me managing myself for the most part, and have a more flexible work schedule. I don't feel settled on quitting, and at the moment, it makes me feel wary. I've only been in this position for four months, and I worry I'm a chronic quitter who'd leave this position before I saw it through to all it could be. What are your thoughts on all of this? Should I stick it out? How soon is too soon to leave? If it helps to know, I'm a Virgo. Thank you guys for all your help. You want to live an Nancy Myers movie, which is everyone's dream. <laughs> I think that there is a happy medium in this. Like, I don't think that everyone has to work in social justice. I would be curious if, like, seems like that's what you went to school for. And it is, like, a very taxing job. And not everybody is cut out for it. and. I think the biggest tell of someone who's not cut out for it is like if you are if you end up doing more harm than good and you end up and you're losing yourself and it is you're not making meaningful change. I do feel like it's a really huge pivot from like working in I think the admin stuff I totally understand feeling like you're not being utilized. And I also don't want to say like if you quit this job that doesn't mean that this company is going to go under and that nobody else is going to like have that job and work towards this. And it's not like the weight of the country is resting individually on your shoulders. But it does feel like a really huge pivot to then I used to refer to these as like save the world kind of jobs, like really cause driven to then something that is like, I don't want to say not a real job, but kind of like a movie job that's like a fantasy that doesn't exist. And it just is I, I would be curious what that huge pivot has been. For me, you sound like someone that just graduated from college. Like things aren't what you expected them to be, but like you just graduated. Like you haven't been in the you've been in the work field, but not as a college graduate, real world, like everything comes down to you. You haven't been you haven't even been there six months. So if you know for sure that whatever the like Let's say you get promoted twice within the next three years, which I don't know. I don't know the exact field that you're working in, but that seems pretty reasonable. Like in the next three years, that job that you would get in the next three years, is that what you really want to do? Or is it just because right now you're doing the admin assistant work that everybody has to do when they first break into most businesses? Yeah. Like, ev yeah. Every like, it's going to, any, thing that you go do you're going to have to start out doing the groundwork because what you may not realize right now is that what you learn while you're doing that stuff that you hate is the foundation that everything else builds upon and you have to have that foundation in order to get to the next step you have to know how to do everything if you want to be like let's say you want to be like the CEO one day, you need to know how to do that basic stuff. And so if that job, like that, your three-year goal, your five-year goal is not, you don't see yourself doing this job at all, then yeah, get out. If you don't see yourself growing in this job, get out. But like, if it's just that you're not doing that three-year job yet, just because you just started and you're doing the, the more admin type work, you have to build up to get there. Yeah, you didn't describe a job either that you want. Like, right, you that's just what I was saying. You have to know, like, what... You described a lot of different hobbies you just, that you could described... be jobs, but, like, 
to get what you want, you need to figure out like exactly what it is that you want to do. So like, you know, if you plan on, you want to be a stay at home mom, great. Marry somebody, like make it that your goal to marry somebody. And there's a difference between like being a stay at home mom is a goal. It's not an, it's an aspiration. It's not a career aspiration. So like you have to, if that's what you want to do, then it's, yeah, you need to spend time with like dating people who come from a lot of money and intentionally, which I don't think there's anything wrong with not wanting to have mm-hmm. a job and then intentionally dating people who also would like to have a partner who is staying at home and uh-huh. can be supported that way. And then you in turn can support the family. But you still have to have a job in in the interim. And mm-hmm. like, if this is not you're talking so much about like passion. So what's the job that you have before you become the stay at home mom? Like, Mm -hmm. is it saving as much money as possible? Is it like trying to get into a place that saves money? But like, I think you're conflating like life goals and aspirations with career goals and aspirations. And like you say, you don't like, (laughs) I don't mean to like come at you, but like you say that you really like don't like capitalism, but like you are describing that you like want again, like you want to live a Nancy Myers movie. You want to like grow food for your family and be a stay at home mom and own like a bookstore. And that is like, do you have a trust fund? Cause like, if you don't, that's not, it's not like a real. If you want to own a bookstore, then go work at a bookstore and then figure out. Start like you said though. Yeah. You have to still start at the bottom. So you need to, figure out how that bookstore runs the business. Like it can't just be like, you're going there to be a cashier. No, you need to learn the business in and out. You need to know how to run a business. So like, like you said, you have these aspirations, but like, what's the action plan that you're going to do in order to achieve it? Yeah. And how are they related to like your career? Because like Mm -hmm. you're saying that you want more free time and you want more flexibility, And you also want more pay. And those things don't go hand in hand, especially if you like want to own your own business, like Mm -hmm. starting a bookstore. That's a huge amount of overhead and cost. And most local like mom and pop bookstores are not incredibly profitable. Mm -hmm. They're like hardly making ends meet. And most of the time, the reasons why they're staying around is they are uh, crowdfund. They've been like a pillar of the community for a while. So unless you're going to go work (laughs) For somebody that doesn't have anybody that wants to inherit their bookstore in 30 years, then like you got to get in with them now and learn the business. Yeah. A lot of that like brick and mortar kind of stuff, like you're going to have to like write for grants Mm -hmm. to like keep things like alive there. And then also you are going to then if you're going to have employees, your schedule isn't necessarily flexible. And like you might not be the best boss if like your goal is to make like a large profit because those things inherently aren't really making a large overhead. And then you're going to be taking money from the employees. And then you're also going to have be taking more free time and Mm -hmm. the admin stuff. Like I agree this, of course you feel like these are not your best use of like your skills. This is not the best use of anybody's skills, but it doesn't mean that it's not useful and this isn't helpful. And it doesn't feed into the bigger picture. Yeah. Even just observing and like Mm -hmm. understanding and like being there. Like I, if you think about it in like, 
the confidence that you have, like if you immediately were given like a really high powered, high level position, the imposter syndrome that comes like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like right. This is like, you're getting your footing, you're understanding all of this. And like, there are some industries where I think that they keep you at this stage. Agencies are an example. They keep you at the like, you better work for this, like grind out. You are an assistant. You are the lowest level of the low for so long that it becomes like hazing. But you even saying like, when did, how long it been the position for like, four months I think. yeah and then you think you'll get a position you'll get a promotion and inform that's for your first job is a very quick turnaround mm -hmm. and like again i don't think that if you think that this industry is not your calling for you i cannot stress enough if you are in like a social justice job if you do not like your job and you you are then creating a negative environment for the people that you are working with or it is like backfiring it is counterproductive don't do it. Like right. just don't. It takes a lot to be able to do this. It takes a specific kind of person and doing this job half assed does more harm than good. Mm -hmm. But I think that you probably feel like a little bit lied to a bit about like how jobs are in like TV shows and movies and stuff that like a lot of it is like admin busy work. And do you feel like you want to be more in the front lines of these things? Like, is that something that you want to do? But like, like Melissa said, no matter where you go and what direction you take, what career, what category, what field, you're going to start at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just how it is. And I'm sure it's probably frustrating for your boyfriend because it's a different bottom <laughs> like area. And maybe it's something that it's related to his college major or things that you don't like that is not part of your history and your education. And that stuff sucks. And I think that people working in activism, especially in in this specific field should be highly compensated for it. It's not always the case. But I think if your goal is flexibility, free time and like money, you're gonna have to like capitalism a little more. Yeah. yeah. And I'll say like me working in the job that I industry that I do now I started out I did internships for I mean this is they're now illegal but I was <laughs> doing a lot of internships for free while I was at UCLA when I was done at school at UCLA then I did admin work for a production a reality production company then I was an assistant to a producer director then I moved up to associate producer and then like there's just steps you have to take to get to the next level and it's not the pay was nothing. Like I didn't get paid for any internships. I got paid minimum wage when I was working the desk at a production company. Like the pay is nothing. And then with time and experience, does education doesn't matter. It like mm -hmm. you will get to where I mean, a lot of people don't get to financially where they want to be, but you'll get to more money. But like you just graduated. I don't know how much like. Yeah, I can how much more I can say, but you just graduated in this field. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is like, I'm sure there's some books that could like be helpful on this or like maybe even like a callback to discuss this because like, I just don't think that you have a like, and this is not supposed to be mean, but like, I just don't think you have like a great grasp on all of these different like adjectives and things that you want. And then the practicality of them, because you keep saying, like, I want something I'm really passionate about when like, I'm waking up every day and I'm so excited to do that. Those aren't the jobs that make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And those aren't the jobs that make a lot of money, like right off the bat. And like, 
everything that you're describing is everybody's like ideal situation and ideal job. And I don't know if you think that it exists and like everyone's just not telling you about it, but like it doesn't exist. Like it just doesn't like you can be someone who works to live and then someone who lives to work and the flexibility and free time and passion. Passion is you live to work. Mm-hmm. Work to live is flexibility and and free time. And that's also having PTO. And that's also having um, insurance paid for by your company and stability and f- like financial stability and not putting the risk. But like the passion live to work. I want something that every single day I wake up and I'm so excited about and drives me forward and is a great, that is not aligned with the financially really stable and successful thing. But then you also say that you really hate capitalism. So like, do you envision yourself as a stay at home mom? Like, can you put these, can you make a timeline for these Mm -hmm. aspirations of like, I want to be a stay at home mom. And I want to have a garden at the house, I want to be able to own a home, like I want these life goals. And so what are the things in my life that I can do now to take the steps to get there? And then what is my career in the interim? Mm -hmm. And then that that's not going to be the work to live so passionate about that because I just don't think that there is a crossover in a non a non scripted like non movie starring Diane Keaton that mm-hmm. like yeah I talk about all the time like how much I would like love to live in Maine and like have a bakery and like Moss would own a bookstore and it would be amazing and wonderful but but you're also work if you're having a bakery you're waking up at three o'clock in the yeah. morning working your ass off yeah and it's something that like that is like a really wonderful fantasy. And we can all have those like when Moss and I talk about like our retirement dreams, like Mm -hmm. that would be like a wonderful like retirement dream. But I also am a work to live person. And I love my job. And I couldn't, I wouldn't ever like get if I had the opportunity to like walk up and leave and do that today, I would need a massive amount of money Mm -hmm. to do that. I, I still wouldn't because it wouldn't fulfill that career part of me. So I wonder if you can like take yourself out of the post grad, like, talking about work all of the time kind of thing. And like, do you really care about work this much? Like, or do you feel like you need to be a passionate about your job because you're surrounded by people because you're going to usually find that in nonprofit work, you're surrounded by people who are really passionate about their jobs. Mm -hmm. And so do you feel like you need to be passionate about your career in general? Cause you don't have to be, not everyone is, but I think right now you're, you've created a completely, a non-existent, unattainable Thing. And I think it's just telling me that like, you aren't entirely sure what you want. And that's mm-hmm. like the first step to figure that out. Because if you think that you're a chronic quitter, you probably are. And I say that from a chronic quitter, like, I quit fucking if I'm not immediately good at something, I'm out like I'm not participating. I'm not even I'm not even gonna middle school, I'm not even gonna pretend to run the mile because I I know mm-hmm. I won't even participate if I think I'm not going to be good. Yeah. And I was a chronic quitter too. And but now like I'm working in a field where I can wear 50 different hats and no day is the same. Yeah. And if I want to change something today, then I can change it. But I had to do the groundwork to get here. You can have anything you want, but you can't have everything mm-hmm. you want, especially at this timeline. Yeah. So I hope that wasn't too harsh, but I think in general, the advice that Moss has always given friends and people, I don't work in this thing, is that his thing, because you asked if it's too soon to quit. Moss has, Moss has always said that like he's like a year everywhere, like after a year, but a year is what you want on mm-hmm. resumes and stuff. And if it's abusive and horrible and horrific, like, yes, leave. Don't stick it out for a year in those places. But for most places, 
you get your footing, you understand and you learn a lot more and you can actually use that as a stepping stone after a year. But earlier than that, it tends to people have more questions. Yeah. And Mott has like a great work ethic. Oh, he's like Capricorn, 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 Capricorn. I I really admire him from afar just because like we Mott and I were assistants at the same time and just seeing how much he has grown and then the way that he handles business i really really admire you should, you should that's his wet dream if you tell him that he will love that he is i think i have he's, told him he, some yeah he's he's really really great at that like stuff um and he's way too hard on himself because he's just his entire chart is all 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 capricorn who you are and like how you view yourself and your relationships like work will also change over the years you just have to let it mm-hmm. And I was like, same thing with like writing and stuff like that was my main goal. But then I learned that like, I like money. And so like, I needed something else to do in addition to writing. So like, I figured out other things. Like I taught myself how to edit. And then like on one job that increased my pay by like $500. So like, you just have to have the yeah, I have my big picture goal, but there's it's how you other get things. There. Yeah, there's other things that are there to support me. Yeah, and if you don't, if you feel like you haven't seen other people do that, just know there's they're nepotism doing... in every yeah. industry, and it's money. Mm-hmm. Like if you even look in like our world and like writers and stuff, you will notice a lot of writers who come from like very well off families, and then you will notice a lot of writers who are in their forties, mm-hmm. and it's like oh, because you had a whole career, or like yeah. I know a writer who was writing like love her so much, she was writing what she acknowledged were shitty projects mm-hmm. because she needed to make the money and get the credits and work the same way, like work, think of it like admin jobs in the other realm of like a, just a different category in order to make the thing that she was passionate about. And she didn't make that until she was like well into like her thirties, mm-hmm. maybe even early forties. It, it's just what it is. And I, I think you probably feel like you're on a race compared to your peers. But and if your boyfriend who's making twice as much as you, but like, is he in engineering? Like, yeah, it's a different field. You can't compare yourself to him. Yeah. And if you do see the people like you're describing to me like an Instagram mommy blogger and like unfollow those people and just know that those people have come from money. This is not how they made their money. Mm-hmm. Hope that wasn't too harsh. All right. Let's take a break. Woo! Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 
Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, we're back. On to the rest. Hi, Megan and Melissa. This is about me, 23 female, she, her, and my friend, 25 female, she, her. We'll call her Liz. I'm calling about two things. Number one, putting up boundaries between Liz and me. And two, our friend group does not want to be friends with Liz. Let's start with number one. Liz has struggled with chronic and mental illness within the last few years, but recently she has been struggling on doing anything on her own. She lives with me and my boyfriend. She has guilted me into doing stuff uh, for her, such as cooking, cleaning her bathroom, driving her around town, and helping her with her mental illness. In recent weeks, Liz has interrupted my family events and life when she is alone. She also does this with our friend group. In any situation where she's alone, she will call a friend to talk to, or she will try and guilt them into having them come over to sit with her. For Father's Day, when I was staying with my parents at their house, she asked me to drive back from my parents' house to the apartment to sit with her while she had a panic attack. When I told her no, she tried to call another friend to do the same thing. For Fourth of July, she asked two friends to come over and sit with her because she had a sharp pain. She thought it would be appendicitis or an ovarian cyst rupture. She then called me to take her to the ER while I was with friends but had been drinking and was 30 minutes away. The hospital is five minutes away from our apartment, and I told her that if it was an emergency, she needed to call an ambulance or an Uber to take her because it would be two hours before we could do anything. She decided to wait. If you think I was being harsh, Liz has a tendency to dramatize her pain and situations to gain attention. Later that day when I came home, she was completely fine. Liz will also come into my room or text me so that she can be with me while she has a panic attack or is feeling ill. 
I don't know how to set up boundaries, so when I don't want to be around her, I hide in my room, but clearly she doesn't get the hint. Which leads to number two. Our friend group does not want to be friends with her because she cannot function on her own, and when we hang out, all she talks about is from when we were in high school, talks about her being sick or something sad or brings down the mood of the conversation. I learned recently that the friend group has only been friends with her because they thought that I was friends with her and didn't want to lose me from the group if they pushed her out. We feel drained by all the support she is forcing us to give as well as feel drained from trying to make her feel good when she cannot help herself or is alone. She is in therapy, but we are not sure if she is being truthful to her therapist about situations or telling the full scope of what she is doing. She also has a tendency to stay to say that she has something but has not been diagnosed with it. For example, endometriosis had surgery and found out she did not have it and autism. This even prevented one of our friends from telling us a big medical situation and fear that she would turn the conversation on her. What is some advice you guys have for us? and me to put up boundaries as well as somehow getting her out of the friend group. Keep in mind, she lives with me, and our lease isn't done until March next year. I'm running out of time. I love you guys. Hopefully, I can call back soon. Bye. Okay. As um, someone, just need to do a little quick clarification here. I think it's really, really, really important how you and your friends talk about this um, because I can tell you're getting jaded, and I think it's imperative that you cut her out of your circle immediately because how you are now probably going to perceive chronically ill and mentally ill people has shifted and just want to make sure that when you talk about this that like you can have massive issues with her that can be related to this but like to not make broad statements so as a specific one endometriosis surgery a lot of people go into surgery and in their first surgery don't find anything and that doesn't mean that they don't 100% have it, can have a second surgery, all of that. So I, I'm not doubting that this has been really difficult. And she sounds, she sounds like the, she sounds like people in the chronic illness community who are like, this is what makes the Rose McGowan of the feminist movement of what makes people doubt other people. McGowan. But McGowan. Mm-hmm. I think that this has kind of gone on for a little bit too long and how you are speaking about it is not necessarily aware of how it will be perceived by other people in who've experienced similar things to her that haven't reacted who, whose responses to their life have not been the same I mean my biggest question is what's her relationship like with her family like mm-hmm. is my biggest one because yeah this like you can't help people who don't want to like help themselves and this is a lot of undertaking like I don't love to like being alone is not my favorite thing in like certain circumstances or contexts. Like I'd always rather be with someone, but I'd also rather be like quiet with someone, not necessarily, I don't need someone to entertain me. Like I love sitting in a room quietly with someone doing absolute, like both of us doing our same things and like not speaking. But I think you're probably on to something that she's not being incredibly truthful with like her therapist, but also sometimes therapists, like they don't necessarily intervene if they think that you're lying or they think that you're like, not representing the truth explicitly like a lot of therapy therapists play it as like the long game of like understanding you more to then kind of offer some insight to hope that you change for yourself but it I don't know it doesn't sound like she wants to do that and I think I think if she needs like full-time cooking and cleaning and things being like done for her and you're not offering and this is like an indefinite thing then I think that she needs to pursue more intensive like treatment Mm -hmm. where she is paying for people to perform that service for her and that's not what like friends are for or what friends are about but yeah like 
I don't know. I think we've all probably at some point in our life been the person who like is not going doing great mentally. And so like we're bringing down the mood. You know, I definitely felt personally attacked like that line, but I don't resonate with her. But I want to make sure like listeners, when you hear this, if you've been the depressed friend who's like concerned about bringing down the mood, I just want to make sure that we know that this is like an isolated specific incidence. And it's not about dealing with chronic illness or dealing with mental illness and like anyone else, you are not a burden on your friends. This specific friendship has not been reciprocated and like appreciated. And it's been a lot of expecting and demanding things without being considerate or like letting people offer to help or, and you should ask when you need help. But at a certain point, if you need so much help that it, it becomes a full-time job for your friends, then you actually need to pay someone and someone you need to hire someone because that is not their full-time job. Right. I don't know. I mean, I think if you don't think that if this has been going on for a long time and if you've had conversations with her about this, like, have you, like, have you had like, Hey, this is a lot that you're asking us to do. And like, we care about you and I want what's like best for you, but I can't meet these needs that you have of me. And like, that makes me feel like I'm failing as like a person and a friend. And I don't want that. I want you to be supported and get the help and the assistance that you need but I can't be that for you. And I need our relationship to shift dramatically. And if it can't shift dramatically, like with like love and best wishes, like I'm going to need to separate myself from this relationship. And that needs to be an individual conversation you have. I'm kind of like, normally I'm the person who's I'm like one time and I'm done. Like I'm not gonna go over and over again. But I think if you are concerned I don't you didn't specify mental illness aspects if you were concerned for her like well-being I would find out the contact information of her therapist or like someone you can call ahead of time if she's close to family and be like hey I'm gonna have a conversation with her and where I'm gonna set some clear boundaries like she lives here with us so like you are will be around and you will see like you know but I want to make sure that like for myself, I need to set up these boundaries. So if something happens, I'm calling you. Yeah, that was actually going to be my thing was like, maybe have this conversation, like, like, tell the therapist what's going on, not in a way to like undermine your roommate, but like in a way that's like, I don't know what to do anymore. And I can't be that person that's there to be the one that she leans on because I have my own life to live and like I'm concerned about her well-being but that's not my job you know and so and I hate the word intervention and like doing interventions and stuff and I hate like The the, the connotation around it but like if this is something that you don't feel like you're strong enough to do or like you don't think it's getting through but you still want the best for her then I think that's the way that you have to do it yeah no I think that's a good call like either like asking her being like hey do you think that we could set up like a joint therapy session with your therapist like I have some things I would want to talk to you about and I think it would be a lot easier to do that way and I would feel like more comfortable doing that you and you know her better or if you have access to find the therapist number, give the therapist a call and be like, could you bring that up to her? I really want to do this, but it can't come from mm-hmm. me. Would it be possible for you to suggest that to her? And there are some really shitty therapists, but some, most therapists are pretty good. And so I don't think they would be shocked. She might be lying to her therapist, but I think her therapist probably knows that. Mm-hmm. 
as regards to the friend group though i think like not to be a cunt <laughs> but like this is you are her roommate and so you have to deal with all of this more they can do whatever the fuck they want to do mm-hmm. like, I, I feel like because they only seem to be friends with they're not even friends they only seem to be acquainted okay. with her through you that once you set your absolute boundaries then that will not the rest will naturally fall away but don't talk about her behind her back because it just makes things worse and everybody starts ruminating and starts feeding off each other and then it it, things just get to be a bigger deal than they actually are yeah if any of you are in the chronic illness community this doesn't like apply but like if there are some of you who are like don't deal with mental health problems and like don't deal with chronic illness but even if you do like everyone deals with it differently to like go out of your way to like read subreddits and like kind of like detox yourself from her relationship to these like very like real issues and things that people deal with. So she's no longer your number one connotation with that because like, again, that stuff like sticks with you. If you think about it, just like names, like when you date one bad guy with a J name, like that sticks with every person you meet. And that's superficial. But like when it comes to like mental and physical health, ableism is built into us and built into our society and our community and you need to actively unlearn that especially because you have a catalyst who is essentially like the worst version of what this community quote-unquote can represent Mm -hmm. and so I think if you can all spend time learning more about various people and their different stories and all of that and not just either going off of her one experience or maybe you have your own personal experience but like really taking in the experiences of a lot of different people so this isn't something that sticks with you because I think the fact that the friend said that she almost that she wasn't going to talk about her medical things that might sound to the rest of the group like wild but I promise you you might start to feel that in your own life if Mm -hmm. medical things come up and you also might start to doubt yourself and not take yourself to the doctor and not only like not share these things with your friends but like you might start to believe that you're not being truthful with yourself Mm -hmm. so but yeah this is hard the last thing i will say is in no way in hell should the entire group ever sit down and talk to her about this and like melissa said like issue like an ending like we're never talking about her again behind her like we're not like Mm -hmm. this is done this is a clean break if she's not ready to help herself, then that's on her. But I think then maybe it's about asking your landlord if you can put a lock on your bedroom door. And you don't have to ask if you just do it and then take it off. Oh, yeah. And having that happen. And then like, if it's a matter of communication of like, here are my schedule. These are the hours I will be home. I'm not going to be answering my phone. If there's an emergency, here's like emergency contact lists. Like, 911 here's poison control here's all of these things here and that sucks and it feels like yeah you're mommying someone and like you're acting like the parents leaving their kids with a babysitter but I think if you can do a lot of not to bring it back to admin work like the other call but if you can do like all of that stuff leave all of those things on the wall and give those resources but you yourself are not a 24-hour resource Mm -hmm. but this yeah this is hard I also incredibly draining Mm -hmm. so all right next call yee oh my gosh hi megan and melissa this one's a crazy one so buckle in oh my gosh so we're just gonna get straight to the point i am a 19 year old female she her 
and I grew up from about seventh grade until about two years ago with the same best friend. For the sake of this call, we're going to call her Brittany. So me and Brittany became best friends towards the end of seventh grade, um, and we were inseparable until about two years ago when we kind of just stopped hanging out. She moved to a different state with her boyfriend, um, started school, so we kind of just stopped hanging out, but we still talk every single day. Um, we have, like, the longest snap streak. It's, like, 500 days or something like that, so we still talk every single day, keep in touch, whatever. Me and Brittany, we're cool. Anyways, so I grew up going over to Brittany's house, obviously, right, because um, she's my best friend, and so for the sake of this call, we're going to call her dad, Brian. So Brian is her dad. He's a single dad. Um, he lived alone, and Brittany actually lived with her mom full time, but she would stay with her dad occasionally. Her mom and dad lived like literally a street away from each other, so we used to actually walk back and forth. I know Mr. Brian very, very well. Like I stayed the night at his house from for like five, four to five years, um, and I was around him all the time and really looked up to him and respected him. He was a firefighter and a war veteran, and so I just looked up to him as a father figure and whatnot, and I haven't spoken to him since the last time I hanged out, hung out with Brittany, so um, it's been a very long time since we've actually spoke. Tell me why he was messaging me on Facebook, ladies. He's literally messaging me on Facebook and trying to hook up with me for money. He's trying to pay me $200 to hook up with him. And I told him, you need to respect me as a young woman that you watched grow up. This is completely inappropriate. He's asking me to keep this between us, but should I tell his daughter? Should I tell Brittany that her dad is trying to pay me for sex? I don't know if I should tell her or not. What would I gain from tearing their family apart? But I don't know. Does his family need to know? Please, guys, let me know what to do. I can take it rough. Give it to me rough if you have to. I don't know. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Don't tell him give it to me rough. Um, Stop. I could not. The fact that she just said give it to me rough, I was like, I can't. My brain is not (laughs) in the right place for that. Mm -mm. You just said $200 for sex. First of all, offensively lowballed. Offensively lowballed. And I just want to say here that we we are pro sex workers here, but like not pro creeps. And also this is soliciting someone who's not a sex worker. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You don't you he he solicited you, and like that's a solicitation that's in writing. I wouldn't say anything to her because like I feel like that's it. It's gonna ruin your friendship that you want to say want to have i would just report it i would just report it to the police because he solicited you and it's in writing and i would just take it straight to the police yeah i i would actually specific here's the thing i hate the police but you know who hates the police more firefighters oh yeah that too so you might actually get something uh done there not because they care about the like well-being but because they (laughs) have a massive feud with firefighters as a whole usually mm-hmm. i mean i agree i would report it i think if you report it which i think you should do and i think you should tell her and i think that you should do both <laughs> because reporting this is important because this is like really pervy and really gross and i don't know it's highly unlikely that you are the only person that this has happened to with him or the last person and it's just really predatory you are only 19 
And that's like the, you're like one year off, like bonus from being like, this was like really like illegal and creepy. And you also haven't talked to him in a really long time. So it feels like this thing, but like festering, festering him and he's been waiting to you turn. And it seems like he waited 19 to be like, I'm better than just 18. So mm-hmm. it's less of a red flag. But to me, I'm like, oh, you've been consciously thinking about this longer. So that feels more in, with the intent. But she will find out if you report it. And but it won't necessarily seem like it came from her. Not necessarily, but you are 19. So it is not completely anonymous and like fully, fully sealed. So there is like, there's just like less legal protection from making this be like completely anonymous. It's really hard. And I don't want this to deter you, but like it's, it is really hard to make anonymous claims. I mean, it's not hard to make anonymous claims. It's hard for anything to come from anonymous claims because they need evidence and they need proof. And even if it happens when you're a minor, a lot of times they're not totally sealed, especially when you get older. So I think that you should report it first. And then I think you should give her a heads up and let her know. And it's like, I don't know if anything is going to come from this or even ask her like, and like, sure, this sucks is putting a lot on her, but being like, hey, there's like something that has happened. I felt the need to report. And the reason why you have to do it in this order is because otherwise, if you haven't reported, you can, she could potentially let him know ahead of time and recon anything. There's something that happened that there's something that is by proxy pertains to you that directly pertains to me that I have like reported this. And I really want to be honest with you and tell you what it is, but it's like a pretty heavy thing. What I can tell you this right now, I don't have to tell you this at all, but I need you to know it's probably going to come out at some point. And I don't, would you rather it come out from me? And like, yeah, that puts a lot on her. Cause like, she's not going to say no to that. But I think that like, I personally like when heavy things like that are like presented in a way that it's like, hey, I have something. I don't want like the, hey, we need to talk conversation. But like when people have been like, hey, I have something like pretty big that's happened in my life that is not necessarily a great thing that I need to share with you. Can we set a time when you have the capacity to do that? And that's like, sure, that is like a, oh shit, this is like an anxiety inducing thing. But I much prefer that to someone like cold calling me and telling me something like, really horrific if I and then I am supposed to move on with my day and I have so many other things to do that I'm like I actually don't have the time allotted to do this I don't know I think that like it just would depend on do you think that you would rather her hear this from you or not from you like would you feel worse if she knew that you withheld this information from her or would she feel worse that you offered this information that she didn't necessarily want to hear yeah, I don't think that you're the only person that he sent that to because that's a real bold message. Not just like, I want to sleep with you, but I'll pay you $200, which low again. But like, he's done this before. Yeah. And I think that once you report it, it will open up if they do their jobs, which it's the police. So <laughs> then they'll find more things on Facebook, that more messages that he sent other people. Yeah. I just think it matters like, what would you want in this situation? Personally, I would want to know. Like, I would want to know if if this was anybody in my life, mm-hmm. regardless of my relationship with them, me knowing about their actions would not have torn a family apart or ruined my relationship. Their actions would have ruined a relationship. And I want to know the kind of relationship, again, any whatever platonic, familial, romantic, I want to know what I am signing up for. And I want to know the kind of relationship that like, I want to know this person. And I, I want to know and like, 
withholding that information for me personally would not do me any favors because I'm having a relationship with someone who's done this to my childhood best friend. And if I knew that, that would change my relationship with that person. And Mm -hmm. I want that agency. Like I want to make that choice for myself. I don't want someone to make other choices for me to like protect my relationships because yeah, my relationships will change. That's not because I know about this information. It's because it happened. Mm -hmm. And I also think that like, again, this is really pervy. I think that even if it like makes her upset or she like doesn't talk to you for a while, I think it is something that I highly doubt this will be completely out of left field. And I also think it's something that like, if she has kids and brings her kids around her dad and their friends and all of that, I just think it's something that I personally, if it was me in her position, there is no instance, no circumstance where I would not want to know. Even if it might, my reaction might not be great. Even if that like potentially might change the relationship or the friendship. I personally would never be mad at the person who's like telling me this at all. I'm also older. So that does change Mm -hmm. that. But I, I would feel really like stripped of my agency if I didn't know this was, this had happened. And again, like you're nothing that you will do will tear a family apart. Like it's his actions. And like Melissa said, this is definitely not the first or the last time you might not even be the first person who's reached out to tell that this has Mm -hmm. happened. And I always think it's better to plant the seed to prevent more harm from being done than just hope that it's a one-off instance when statistically it's just it's just not. Mm-hmm. And you seem like you're in a position in a place where like you would feel comfortable and safe telling her that. And so many times, which there's nothing wrong with a lot of people who deal with any kind of like, whether it's like solicitation or sexual harassment, sexual assault, aren't in positions where they feel comfortable and safe to do so. So I think if you do feel that, like, listen to that part of you. Yeah. This is disgusting. Yeah. And screenshot absolutely everything and screen record everything. And when you screen record, scroll through the messages, screen record all of them, click on his profile. Show yourself logging in so then they know that it's not, you know, doctored in any way. Yep. And show the, like, go click to his profile Mm -hmm. from there. Make sure you're clicking so you can see that it's your profile, all of that, and the time, date stamps, everything. Yeah. All right. Time for Don't Blame Them. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm 21 years old. I'm calling for Don't Blame Zen for the latest episode titled Boyfriend Feels Entitled to My Body. And this call is for the caller who the title is based on. Caller, I will start by saying that I have been in your position. I was in high school with my first boyfriend, so I was much younger than you are right now. But he would do the same things that your boyfriend is doing. I was with him for almost two years, and I am now five years out of that relationship and have had the opportunity to reflect a lot on it. My advice to you is to listen to Megan and Melissa. In my situation, I even communicated to my ex the way his actions were making me feel various times, and things would change for a week or two, but eventually he will keep doing the same things and get mad whenever I pointed it out. So communicating how you're feeling is not going to change anything. You already know that what he is doing is not okay. When you say that it overwhelms you and annoys you, you're a human being, not a sexual object. 
And if your partner cannot comprehend and respect that, you need to get out. I know that ending the relationship will probably be very hard since it is a three-year relationship, but most probably your mental health will be a hundred times better. Uh, like Megan and Melissa said, what he is doing is abuse, and it, you are in a safe position. Anyone, no matter whether if they are your partner or not, if you're in a serious relationship, married, etc., anyone should respect you saying no and honor that. No one should get mad at you for saying no to a sexual action because it is your body and your experience, and you get to decide what you want to do or not. If they do get mad, they are in the wrong. It is one of the biggest red flags that can exist. Callers know that Megan, Melissa, and I, and I'm sure that many other listeners have your back. You are strong and brave. I hope you are safe and that this call helps you and maybe provides you some reassurance. But please, dump him. Wow. That was beautiful. It was. A lot of messages about this We had a lot of people that, that called in, too. Yeah. So, original caller... Just know you have thousands of people who are literally here being like, we ride at dawn. Mm -hmm. Like, let's take her out of here. We got this. Like, get her out. So, yeah, I hope that's validating. And also a lot of people who've experienced, like, have also experienced this. It's a like a incredibly common thing. So I hope you're safe and comfortable in making the choices that are protecting, like, you and your body and your well-being. Yeah. So, yeah. Everybody is everybody is supporting We're all you. With you. We're all yeah. with you. That is it for our episode. Wow. What a what a day. What a literal long ass day because Melissa and I just sat here for hours before we ever Well, did we any work. we were we were working, but just not on the podcast. Yes, stuff. yes, yes. Not something audio that, yeah, work. It was something it was other things. Oh that, yeah. I forgot we did. Oh, yeah. you're right, you're right. We did work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We did things that could be good for yeah. the future, maybe. <laughs> maybe so we hope you enjoyed if you did leave us a review on the podcast app um you can also leave reviews on spotify now we also love an updated review when mm -hmm. you're like oh i left this review years ago and let me give a little updated one we absolutely love that makes us so happy also helps us you know with ads sponsors so give give the show the love that we deserve please please yeah we don't have any reviews so see and you could be featured on an episode mm -hmm. we get to read it Come on. I know how many people listen to this show and I know how many people left reviews and it's not even close. I can't do math, but <laughs> I know that that is not, those numbers are not the same. Uh huh. So if you are listening this far, head on over to our Instagram and comment. If you work in a professional field, how long, how many years did it take you to get to where you actually wanted to be? That's a good one some reality mm -hmm. let it set in sink in if you want to call for an upcoming episode leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976 international listeners megan podcast at gmail.com send us a voice memo voice message voice recording and everything i said at the top of the episode still applies for the requirements for that and check out the patreon follow us on socials we are actually posting on tiktok now mm -hmm. again yeah i have my adderall okay so i will be posting okay. more this week okay okay I'm listening to all I've the fucking made, words. She I made said, four videos. No, I, I, I didn't cut, but am I wrong from last week? Because I was like, oh, wait to see if she's going to post. Yeah, the Melissa rest. did acknowledge it. She goes, I noticed you didn't respond to my email, my text messages. So I just like stopped. I didn't want to, I didn't want to overwhelm you. So I, I was like, that is yeah. exactly what you should have done. Perfect. Uh huh. 
That's how you support friends. Thank you. I appreciate it. Women supporting women. That's what we're here for. Like, oh, our name subscribe. is different. Oh, yeah, it is different now. On both TikTok and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Megan and Melissa. You might be asking, why didn't you do that from the beginning? Because someone had it. Yeah. It was like a child. It was weird, too. Like, but they were was, a child when they, they had it. They were a child when they had it, and if they spelled their names the same way that we Yeah, spelled. and it was like they had like one like weird picture of like a cat or like a piece of chocolate or something, and it was from like 2013. Yeah. And that was like, okay, you're a child, but you're no longer a child, so like give us this back. Mm-hmm somehow we have it now ayo we we put it on our um vision board and then we manifested it happening as a manifesting generator i did manifest it Mm -hmm. felt attacked hearing about that (laughs) i was like whoa of course melissa heard this and was like this is us anyways we will see you all next time goodbye is a production by me executive produced by melissa demonts and diamond imprint productions edited by coco lawrence post-production sound by chris henry production assistance by melanie d watson music by ryan hunter and giacomo picasso